The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions or positions of anyone at Innovative Sim Solutions or our sponsors. This podcast is being sponsored by SimGhosts, the gathering of healthcare simulation technology specialists. If you take your healthcare simulation technology seriously, join SimGhosts. A membership provides you access to premium resources such as guides, templates, and resources to save you time and effort while maintaining best practices. A membership includes a learning hub with online courses, including digital badges, and over 300 hours of video tutorials and presentations from our global events. Event and membership discounts for ASPE, Anaxel, and SSH. A member-only forum with special interest groups, a career center that provides resources to help prepare you for the next step in your career, and a personal professional development portfolio to take your career to the next level. Connect with the community and love the work even more. Learn more by visiting our website and connect with us via Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Details in the show notes. Welcome to the Sim Cafe a podcast produced by the team at Innovative Sim Solutions, edited by Shelley Hauser. Join our host, Deb Tauber, and co-host, Jared Jeffries, as they sit down with subject matter experts from across the globe to reimagine clinical education and the use of simulation. So pour yourself a cup of relaxation, sit back, tune in, and learn something new from the Sim Cafe. Welcome to another episode of the Sim Cafe. Today we're here with co-host Jared Jeffries, and we're very happy to have Krista Anderson, who's going to tell us a little bit about some of her passion within the society. So, Krista, why don't you go ahead and get started and tell us a little bit, one, about yourself and then about what you're passionate about. Thank you. Um, So, I'm Krista Anderson, and I am from St. Catherine University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Previously, I've been known as Krista Kipper, so we have life changes, and I've been involved with the society since 2008. So, I've really seen the society change, been highly involved. At one point, I was the chair of the nursing interest group, which then became a nursing section. And I'm really passionate about the value of the interest groups, sections, and affinity groups here through the society. And I'm currently a vice chair of the internal relations committee here for the Society for Simulation and Healthcare. Well, that's a, that's a great question. There are many. There are many interest groups. I honestly don't know the number off the top of my head because there's affinity groups, and affinity groups are groups that you don't have to be a member to the society to be involved in. So it is how we start off the engagement. And then there are interest groups which then have involvement, and then there's an ability after you get to a certain member number, but more so you're more involved in the society and you're reporting more toward the, to the board that you become a section or apply for that. But the interest groups are a great way for members to join and network with others in subjects that they're passionate about. 
and we have an opportunity through member engagement in our interest groups to really um, move healthcare simulation forward to help mentor each other and support our professional development. I'm really glad that you articulated that to, I'm sure, many people, because I have been asked by so many people, how do I get involved? Yeah. And I almost, I, you pretty much answered that. You want to go ahead and tell them like what you, they would do first? What would they, who would hey, they reach out to? Yeah, so, you know, on, on the Sim Connect, there are a list of different interest groups that you can elect to join. And then with that, when you're in an interest group, I encourage you to, all members, to then express what you're desired. Where are your needs? Where are your knowledge needs, your gap needs at your institution? Do you have interest in research? What do you want to learn more about? Because in the nursing section, we had created work groups, and these are groups that come together that we've created white papers, we hold webinar presentations, and then they're, they're free and you can get continuing ed. And so there's just huge opportunity throughout the year. Like, it's great, we come to IMSH, which is fabulous, but now we have an opportunity to continue our professional development and our networking throughout the year. And we have an opportunity to move healthcare simulation forward through that. Thank you. I I wasn't aware of it. So the affinity groups, it's usually started, it was intended to start as that stepping stone to engage more members, but we also realized that not everybody, there are so many ways to get involved and there are different industries, different organizations. So for instance, there is an IPE affinity group and they involve all sorts of different healthcare professionals across that maybe are members of other organizations. So it's a way for us to begin to connect and affiliate with more more professions, more professional groups, more organizations across. And I think that's what's been so neat. Some groups have decided to remain affinity groups just to be able to have that connection with external. It helps get the message out beyond the membership. Yes, so we have, I mean, the membership is international. That's another really incredible thing here about the Society for Simulation and Healthcare is that it is an international membership. We have the opportunity to, I think about IPE, learn with, but about and from each other. Well, we do that also thinking about our diverse membership. We can do that as well, thinking about what what are resources in other countries? What are their gaps? How can we help close those? Do you have anything else that you want to share, or do you have any questions for us? I can only say that I really have valued the Society for Simulation and Healthcare and the IMSH annual meetings because it's really it's an exciting time to network and get to know others in the field and that you're not alone. And so I just encourage people to get involved because we're here to help support each other in this journey. Now, do you have any favorite simulation stories that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. I was new, very new into simulation. I am from Minnesota. We get a lot of snow. It's cold there. And it's cold. But we were getting, we were in a snowstorm. We were, I don't know, eight, ten inches of snow. 
that slows traffic down quite a bit. And we had an emergency medicine physician who needed a mannequin. And so we used a low-fidelity mannequin, put it in a bag, hauled it out on a stretcher through the snow <laughs> right next to the street. And as she drove by with her minivan, we threw the body bag <laughs> into the minivan. And I thought, what does this look like to everybody else? <laughs> I think there's a lot of assumptions going on right yep, now. Yep. So that would be a funny yep, story. That's a great story. <laughs> Did you guys get pulled over? Oh, no. The traffic was so slow. <laughs> there was, I mean, she was driving. We, had, we were on a sidewalk. She opened it up. We threw the body bag into the vehicle. She closed the door, and she kept slowly driving away. It reminds me of a bank heist. It, it yeah. money in, in very slow motion. <laughs> so, you know, thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much, and happy simulating. Thanks to Krista Anderson for joining Deb and Jared at the IMSH podcast booth to talk about special interest groups. Up next, Jeff Evans from CAE stops by to tell us more about today's latest simulation technology. Welcome to another episode of the Sim Campaign. Today we're here with our co-host, Jared Jeffries, and we have Jeff Evans, who is the president of CAE. So thank you for being here. We're live at IMSH. And Jared, why don't you go ahead and uh, conduct this one? Thanks for being here, John. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. So, obviously, healthcare simulation, if you look around, it has come a very long way. It's, it's almost half a technology conference, but with CAE having groups in the aviation simulation, aviation flights, um, to acquiring Betty, talk to us a little bit about the history um, and then your background with it. Yeah, no, first of all, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. CAE has a deep, you know, past over the course of the last 75 years in simulation, mainly on the aviation space and defense and security, have done amazing things in those spaces. I mean, you take a look at the problems that aviation had in the mid-70s in regards to, you know, airplane crashes and accidents and those sort of things. CAE really stepped up at the time in regards to building simulators and putting pilots through that to where you went to accidents and things that actually occurred in the aviation space. Uh, one every billion miles to one every million miles, right? And that's a, it was a massive and drastic um, switch. The focus and continued look at how do we find other noble opportunities to really, I think, impact the globe, right, obviously came about uh, when they purchased the organization of Medi, you know, a number of years ago. And this business has really evolved over the course of the last, you know, 10 or 11 years all in a really positive way to be one of the major players in simulation. As you can see by the booth size and everything else, a lot of the partnerships that we have today. So there, there are not a shortages of challenges within the healthcare space. I've been in healthcare for almost 20 years now, uh, spent about 17 and a half years at GE Healthcare. I've been with CAE Healthcare for about 18 months now. And I think we've made some serious progress over the last probably six to eight months in really firming up what our strategy looks like and how do we go and really change healthcare simulation, right? Think about simulation 2.0 of where this all needs to go based on some of the challenges that you're actually seeing uh, within healthcare today. Are you, are you borrowing any of those best practices from the aviation industry or is it you saw some similarities, is it started fresh or tell us a little, because CAE does have the most unique history in terms of how you kind of bring that in. Yeah. 
So um, a couple of things I would say. One, we can do a much better job of taking technology and taking the way that pilots learn in an adaptive setting and bringing that into the healthcare space. So that'll be one of the initiatives and things that we continue to look on and how do we pull from that really as we move forward. We can also take a look at things they've done in regards to the digitization, the digital world, and what that looks like, right? And how do you get more pilots through and pilot shortages as we think about nurse shortages and how does that all come together as we really move things forward? So, I mean, the answer is yes. You know, we did a lot of work last year in regards to kind of rebranding the organization, right? And really stepping up our game in regards to being a high-tech organization and putting ourselves out there with the Googles and the Apples of the world, really starting to think differently around that culture. So we've pulled a lot of that as well uh, into what we're doing in healthcare. So it's a great relationship with the broader mothership of CAE. Uh, we can continue to do more on pulling the technology and things out of them in regards to best practices. We share, we do share a lot of resources in regards to engineering, et cetera, and uh, we're absolutely hoping to pull and, and steal with pride, so to speak, from, uh, from our brother and sister up there. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. You. I, I love that. That's your analogies and how you're drawing things together. Thank you. <laughs> so how has focus, strategy, product creation, development, sales, what, what changed through the pandemic? What did you double down on? What did you take away from? What are the challenges in the market that you see now? Yeah, so I think, you know, a couple of things come to mind, right? One, the nursing challenge wasn't was there pre-pandemic, right? So, I mean, that, that was something that got obviously aggravated by what that actually looks like. Supply chain issues, right, were a huge thing as we came out of COVID. So what does that think, what do you start to think about and look at in regards to the future of the technology itself and how do you ensure that you get around that for the future? Um, and then obviously the, the digital piece of hybrid learning and remote learning and what that brought about through COVID. The fact of the matter is you look around the IMSH right, hall and there's 70 to 80 different AR and VR companies, right? Many of them have only been around for the last two years coming post-pandemic. The biggest thing is going to be really how do you take that type of technology and how do you think about learning efficacy and adaptive learning in different ways? But then how do you start to integrate it into ecosystems of what a learner actually goes through in regards to their learner journey? And how do you accelerate that through both the use of physical mannequins as well as remote types of learning, whether that's self-directed or whether that's instructor-led. And the cool thing is, is if you do it right and you integrate the technologies, you get data points from a learner at various points in their learner journey that you can then put into one place, start to look at insights, start to overlay artificial intelligence, and really start to think about right adaptive learning, learning efficacy, some of these things in a much different way to accelerate it. And think about how do you get nursing programs from four years to three years? How do you get 50% out of you know EMT programs and things like that? So I think there's a lot of really cool things we can do as we bring all this together. I love it. I think that's a phenomenal focus. One that's very impactful as well. So obviously we're facing the shortage and have been, but it's, it's great to see a, a larger department. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to share with us about what's going on at CAE? Anything new coming up? The booth is winding down. We obviously have continuation of things. Some of our uh, world-class products in ultrasound, like Vimetics, uh, as we think about upgrades to that. The Maestro Evolve and Maestro Embody platforms that we have from a digital perspective. So that's our self-directed and our 
learner-directed types of platforms that we have from a digital perspective. So we continue, we'll put a lot of investment this year into the content creation of those uh, as we think about scenarios. And then really think, taking a look at what our portfolio is for individual patient mannequins and simulators and how do we get that into a digital twin in that type of environment and start to push that content in a different way. So we're excited about the next year. We're excited about the amount of participation that there, there has been at IMSH. It's been a great show. I, I think they're breaking records from a, a people perspective, which is outstanding. I think it's great for the industry. And then I think we've got to all kind of really come together as we think about advocacy. Right? The, the reason that aviation took such a leap forward in the 70s was because of the FAA and because of legislation getting pilots into simulators and that changed the game as we thought about pilot and, and aviation safety. We've got to all think about what that looks like for healthcare in the future because it's not okay that right we're basically losing the amount of people right on a on a daily basis that's equated to an airplane right because of medical errors and quality issues within healthcare and uh, I think we've got to push that forward in a much more uh, accelerated manner with uh, some emphasis so that people look at it and they look to simulation to be able to help solve some of those problems. Now, Jeff, I, one of my favorite questions to ask is, do you have a favorite or most impactful simulation story that you'd like to share with our listeners? Do I have a simulation story? I actually do. So this is at the University of Washington for a dinner. It was actually a, a Bill Gates fundraiser at the time. And I was leading GE Healthcare for the Pacific Northwest, and I think they wanted money from us for some of the fundraising. But it was my first introduction to simulation. And they were walking us around and they were showing us some of the textile stuff that they had done in regards to moulage and overlays and skins and those sort of things. And a code blue went off in the middle of the hallway, out of the blue. And we're walking, we're talking with you know, senior administrators, and they grabbed us and rushed us into a room and said, we need your help right now. And my first time in simulation had no idea what was actually going on. You look at the, what looked like the real patient in the bed who is coding and you want me to help do chest compressions right now? Like, I'm a big guy and I can chest compress, but I don't know what the heck I'm doing, right? So it took a good four or five seconds to figure out what was actually going on and had a blast in a suit and tie, sweating my butt off, sitting there resuscitating the patient. But that was my first experience with healthcare simulation. It was only, I mean, that was probably six or seven years ago. So to be in this industry and to be leading such a great company like CAE Healthcare is, it's humbling. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun on a daily basis. And I think we can just do so much good work as we think about what the future looks like in saving people's lives. So, Thank you. You're That's welcome. a good story. Anything you want to ask Jared tonight? It's been a good week. What's uh, What's been your favorite thing that you've seen around here all week? How about that? I, I, I feel being in the press box, we almost have carte blanche to <laughs> all the people because, of course, people want to share their stories. Yeah. So fear has went down to zero. I just walk up to anybody in any booth and uh, get a chat, just as the wonderful Mary Beth put us in touch. And it's just great that people want to share what they're working on and they're not hiding anything. It's like, this is what we're doing for the world of simulation. And healthcare simulation is a passion of mine, so it's great to see the different avenues that people are building on and really pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Uh, I think it's great. Thank you so much for being a guest. And if our listeners want to get a hold of anybody at CAE, is there a special place they should go to? Yeah, absolutely. I go to the website at caehealthcare.com and okay. would love to uh, interact with anybody, uh, do demos, have conversations about what the future of simulation looks like for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both. Happy simulating. Else in the show notes.
Simgos is the world's only organization dedicated solely to supporting those who operate healthcare simulation technology. If you want to be part of a healthcare culture where people are empowered to use simulation technology to improve learner and patient outcomes, join Simgos today. Learn more by visiting our website and connect with us via Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Details in the show notes. Thanks for joining us here at the Sim Cafe. We hope you enjoyed. Connect with us at www.innovativesimsolutions.com. And be sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Sim Cafe.